Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. It's a Bitcoin Podcast. What's up, you motherfuckers? It's episode. I'm sorry. Wow, that was so coming on. That was coming on hard. That was that was so abrasive. Uh, welcome to the Bitcoin podcast. Um, this is episode 200 and uh, 290. Woo, shit. That's a lot of it's a lot of episodes. This is episode 290, and since we're a weekly show, if you divide that by 52. You'll see how long we've been doing this. So hey, for, for a while, that. we were doing like twice a week. Like, remember that? Like, there's like a strong couple months we were doing oh, at yeah. least twice a week. That's right. We were going twice a week. Man, I wish we had twice a week time like like we do now. Uh, or like then, like we do now. Or don't now. Don't, you anyway. know what I'm trying to um, So fill the people in on what's happening, Gory. When we first started... Um, this podcast every we told ourselves every 10 episodes we're going to have a drunk episode that's right and that's that's where we get heavily inebriated and Mm -hmm. we go from there um Mm -hmm. we haven't done that since maybe the fourth or fifth drunken episode so we went like 40 or 50 episodes did a few of those had fun it was great Got a little more serious, and here we are now, 290 episodes in for this one podcast. And then it's the new year, and we say, "Hey, let's uh, we really want to like do like a recap episode where we like look back at past year at the at the past year and really like talk about what we talked about and and have some fun with that." In the process of saying, let's do that. And he's like, fuck it. Let's do another drunk episode. So here we are. We and D have been sipping a good amount of the day. I am currently sipping on um, a large glass of Irish whiskey, which I forgot the name of, after copious amounts of beers while peeling off wallpaper in my house. And D, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? Well, I, I started out the uh, day with the Sauvignon Blanc because uh, I needed it to make this fucking chowder. I, dr- I curse a lot when I've been drinking, so be ready, yeah, audience. A lot. Uh, I made this chowder. It was damn delicious. It's so good. And then uh, then I switched over to Chardonnay because of reasons. And then I jumped into Crown Royal. So Why do they call it chowder? Is it is it? 
Like, I remember like seafaring people say, hey, let's use some chowder. Is that like proper chowder or they're just saying chowder for food? The only reason I could think they call it chowder is because you throw lots of meaty ingredients into it and then what, you just call what, it chowder. What is a chowder? Well, mine is composed of corn, sweet potato, shrimp, halibut, salmon, mussels. It's a lot of fish. It's so good, dude. It's very good. Um, pepper, salt. Uh, but then I switched to Crown Royal, and now because there's no more Crown Royal, I've switched to Crown Royal Apple. <laughs> Dude, he's showing me a, a almost empty bottle of Crown Royal Apple, uh, and 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 because we've been doing this for so many years, we've kind of we've a li- improved a little bit in the process of doing it. Um, I am now able to splice in um, audio. Yeah into the feed mm-hmm. that we can also listen to in the process. So this episode, we're going to, uh, we got seven, seven clips from episodes of last year that we're going to listen to yep. together. We're going to listen to them with you. And then we're going to just riff on it after that. Yep. To start oh, off. Before what? we wait, go ahead. Uh, d- uh, drink responsibly guys. Uh, don't drink and drive. And uh, yes, and don't drink too much, and don't and and don't buy crypto, based on our advice. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, We've don't. done the quality disclaimers for this episode. Yeah. Or do and try to sue me, bitch. I dare you to try no, to sue me, bitch. No. By the way, the Ronnie Moas episode was outside of the scope of one year, and I really wanted to go into the go fuck yourself, but yeah, alas, go fuck yourself. Alas, but that being said, our first episode is outside of the one year i I broke the rules a little bit (laughs) did you say i don't want to break the rules but i'm gonna i broke it anyway because we we fucking interviewed andrew yang we interviewed a a a presidential candidate so let's just let's just go on that for a hot second we let's play the in the okay let's play the clip real quick and then we're going to talk about one like the clip that i played two the fact that we interviewed a fucking presidential candidate um here first the first podcast he went on was us i don't even know if i there we go here we go here it is so 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 you're running for president and and not all of running for president is i remember this and uh, your viewpoints on fiscal policy and you know most recently in my adult life uh weird notions and emotions have been thrust upon me that I didn't see happening in my lifetime because of my upbringing and where I grew up. So I just want to ask you a question. I think it's a very simple answer, but for some reason, people try to make it a difficult response. And I just need to know, uh, are you racist? It should be like a yes or no, but for some reason, but for some reason today, that's not a yes or no question. So... So uh, I would say the the way it's conventionally understood, no, I am not racist. Yay! Um, that but, easy to say. Go ahead. Yes. But like my outlook, and and this is fueled in part because I grew up an Asian guy uh, in like a <laughs> non-Asian part of New York State. So so so. Okay, so that was that was D literally asking Andrew Yang, a current presidential candidate are you yeah. racist 
that's what I did. And I just want to take a moment to say, one, how awesome is it that this project that we created ended up to the point where you have the opportunity to fucking ask a presidential candidate if they're racist or not? How awesome is that? I mean, that's pretty fucking awesome. The one, it's like, I take the moment for granted uh, because he is, he's a four, I mean, he's not a forerunner, but he's on the stage and he's, he's, he's talking that shit. And there's more than at least a thousand people that know what he wants to do if he became president. So it is kind of like humbling that we've created something out of a whim and passion that we got to a point where we can interview that guy. Um, the first, we were the first people to interview him. Yeah, that's pretty banana. Well, the first podcast, not the first people. Yes. The first podcast. Clearly, yes. <laughs> the first, uh, I'm sorry, even the first Bitcoin podcast. The interview, Andrew. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> let's, let's narrow that down even more. The first yeah. crypto podcast. But, um, man, oh, man. It, I, my heart was beating before I asked that question. Was it really? I like, knew, were you like nervous about it? I was really nervous. Well, you know me, I take my nervous shits before every interview. But for that one, I took a I took a hefty nervous dump, and uh, and I knew I was going to ask him the question. And obviously, we've been dealing with a pile of shit for president for the last three years, four years. So I was like, Eight "Well, years, twelve years." Uh, well, there I guess they're always shit, but this one particularly <laughs> has has um, emboldened a, a nasty vein that exists in American society that. I don't know. It's almost a history we try to overwrite or ignore that exists. And some of the things that I've witnessed just being uniquely black as fuck uh, in the past four four <laughs> years, um, I'm just like, man, I can't believe we're submitting to McCarthy in politics again. I can't believe that the nation is buying into this nonsense. So I was like, well, you know, at least I'm going to get the chance to ask somebody who wants to be president um, if he's fucking racist and if he can answer it simply. Like the then... thing about that, right? It's like, like th- I think that's it's almost it's unprecedented. In that, yeah, we got to hear the honest answer of a question that you know for damn sure he did not see coming. Nope. Like because he's going like, like, hey, yeah. uh, are you racist? And he's like, uh, no. Like no, no. <laughs> I mean, that was, he had a good answer. Was, Don't get me wrong. Like he pulled, he pulled out his Asian background, talked about a lot of stuff, then talked about like you know the idea of racism. Go listen to the episode. Uh, also, that is uh, episode two hundred and twenty. It was aired in August of two thousand eighteen. The current the price of Bitcoin during that time was six thousand six hundred and seventy, and that's where D literally asked a presidential candidate if he was racist and then we have a tremendous amount of conversation around that but i was just like i just remember us having this like long awesome conversation about universal basic income regulation on crypto so on and so forth and he's like i gotta talk about something real quick (laughs) yeah and he well one he actually has great ideas about the universal basic income and is planned it's sound for it you know i don't know if he has the political currency to pull it off but it's a sound plan but yeah, if you ever have the nuts to ask a president a simple question, go for it. You can say because. that. Like, you can, like, I think you can take that to your kids. Like, like you know, you're like, you can have, those are stories. Those are, that's storytelling <laughs> worthy information. Of like, oh, I once asked a president if he was racist on air. 
<laughs> <laughs> on the record. On the record. And All right. He, should we uh, go with one of my clips or what are your clips? Or we're just not telling the audience. So that was the one like, that was that broke the rules, right? We wanted to make sure that all of these were a recap of last year, but um that struck out to me and I wanted to I wanted to continue. I wanted to, I wanted to show people that episode because it's it's ridiculous, right? Like the fact that we were able to do that. That's that's well outside the realm of cryptocurrency. Yet the thing that we built was allowed us to be able to have that interview, ask those questions, yet we still remained like who we are in the process of doing it, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, hey, I'm coming on. These are the talking points. We're only going to talk about these things. It was like, like Yang came on. He was like, cool, let's talk about whatever. There yep. were no... Like, he also cursed in that interview and said something about like smoking a dab. Like It was interesting. He's an interesting <laughs> candidate, dude. He's an interesting candidate, but uh, oh wait, no, that was the other show. But. We can use we can use one of yours. Um, which one do you want? Um, we have. I want to go two fifty eight, episode two sixty nine, episode two eighty nine. Let's go with episode two fifty eight. Let's go with episode. 258. All right. Yeah, and the price was uh seven thousand four hundred and forty two dollars, and it was May nineteenth. So May 19th of last year, price is $7,442. And this is a a clip of episode 258 of the Bitcoin podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm. kind of the general idea is that if if there's something that's important that you need to make sure that you're, that's required for your service, you authenticate at that point. And most of the time, the way the internet works right now, that flows through email. So make sure you lock down your email. Don't. So then what if it didn't flow through email and it flowed through a per se, if you will, perhaps a token? It can. And so like that's what I think what's <gasps> interesting about a lot, of, a lot of this crypto stuff is that we're playing with new ways of authentication. Uh, like JSON Web Tokens. Is a, is a thing that actually happens on the back end of uh, services when you log in. So like say what happens, you log into, we'll say you log into Coinbase, right? And you close your window, but you bring your window back up and maybe a couple hours later, but you're still logged in. How does that work? Authentication. JSON web tokens. So what happens, it may be something <laughs> similar to that, but usually it's JSON web tokens. Uh, what happens is that you, you the first time you log in, you authenticate yourself, you do your 2FA, Get out your Google Google uh, Authenticator, pushing the button, whatever's on there, whatever that shit is, right? And then you're you're let in. And once you're let in, you're granted a basically a time-based token that's only good for so long that gets stored inside your web browser. So instead of re-going through authentication, it just checks your web browser and it's like, oh, you've been here before. You have the right token. You're, you can come back, and that only works for a specific amount of time. I've always wondered how that worked. Thank you for clearing that up for me, Doctor Betty. Yeah. And so, like, I think crypto has some interesting things that it can do, um, especially because the majority of the good things about crypto is uh, usable cryptography. So, like, we've pushed the boundaries on making digital signatures, dig- digital signatures usable, mm-hmm. which can be used everywhere. Right? That's just like the way you do SSH over a computer. That's done through public and private key pairs. The way you do a lot of authentication on a computer is done through public and private key pairs. Um, it's just making it better, I think, through 
making it useful for money. All right. So that a clip on me. All right. It was a clip on you, man. I wanted to, to show like uh, that we can like walk the walk and talk the talk about us actually knowing, even though we goof off from time to time. We still know what the fuck we're talking about. Oh, I know and, what I'm talking about. Like, like I, I'm super comfortable. Like, that's, that's one of the, I think thing, the things that I've learned um, this year. I take for granted how much I know um, versus how much other people know. And I assume that people get like some of the basics of how the internet works and like authentication, password management, cryptography digital rights like what who owns what that type of stuff i take it for granted that people understand the stuff and they don't and i feel like this year i want to spend a lot of time trying to educate more on some of the basic stuff that people need to understand so that when they start using this stuff they can approach it appropriately i think that's a good notion to go to because you'd be surprised at how much people don't know and how much you know just because of your personal I'd call it uh, compass ethic, ethical compass, how much you feel they should know. And that goes with any technology, but especially the Internet, which is easiestly the newest massively adopted technology that we've had. Right. Well, no, not the newest. Right. Cell phones, I guess, would be the newest smartphones. Those would be the newest. But the Internet was right before that. And so much of it is misunderstood. Like, for instance, in, in What the Header, a show that you guys are hopefully excited to hear about, we just went through what a digital signature is and 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 how complicated of a process that is when it comes to um, having a digital signature and then having that be a, you know, a part of a, a transaction and it being unique to every transaction depending upon the actual data in the transaction. Um I mean, it, it just uh, it was a lot for me and Jesse to take in. And so um, like when you really dig down deep into this technology, uh, there's a lot of shit going on. Like <laughs> and that's one of the things that like I guess the community has to be privy toward understanding that in the in, in the wealth of layers that it takes to put together just Bitcoin and then adding on top of that. Ethereum and Dash and all these other like OX, all these other cryptocurrencies, the with every single leap to a different cryptocurrency is an opportunity for bullshit to go down. Like some some hmm. scammer to come in and say this or a com whole community like we recently learned about with the OneCoin community to say take one little sound bite from what makes a technology a technology and just run with it and steal people's money and steal everything from people. I just think that like, I wanted to play that clip to show that one, yes, we do know what the fuck we're talking about, even though we are, well, I know I personally am drunk. I don't know about court. <laughs> okay, uh, but two, um, the stuff that we talk, the, like crypto is like not easy it's easy to fall into. It's one of those things that's uh, easy to learn, incredibly difficult to master. Um, it's not. It's not. It's 100% not. But it takes, it takes time and effort, right? Like, anyone can do it. Don't, like, that's what I want. I don't want anyone to think they can't do it. 
you can do it. What do you mean by do it? You can understand. Anyone can understand how this stuff works. I don't want to. I don't want to create a society that's similar to the current financial industry, where it's artificially art artificially complex. Yeah, yeah. Right. The the way the financial industry works is not that hard, but they make up terms and do things and say things and operate in a certain way to make it seem like it's very very difficult and it should be left to the professionals that's not good and so like i don't want to recreate that with what we're doing now because it's not that hard if you spend the time it is approachable there are people who care there are people like me that will teach you if you have if you have legitimate questions on what things mean and how to think about them we cannot go back to recreating that yeah we it's not really worth recreating that. Even though I think naturally it might be forced that way. I talk about it all the time about like centralization of knowledge and things like that. But I hope that, you know, there's enough content that exists now, even outside of our show, that people can just learn this stuff and understand what's happening. Because one of the, my biggest rebuttals is when people are like, oh, uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency will never take on because nobody understands how it works. I'm like, okay, cool question. How does the Fed work? And they're like, uh, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, you're a jack off. So why don't you <laughs> give me that? Give me that cash in your wallet. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, just shut up talking that dumb shit and just understand that there's different things. But anyways, on <laughs> to the next. Yeah. So clip. this one is uh, right at the beginning of the year. This is mine. Um, we had a year talking about. How how the year before that went, 2018, and how we think this this year that just passed is going to go. Um, were I we took, right or were we wrong? Or well, do I need to listen? I, to I'm gonna, we're going to listen to it, and then we're going to talk about that. But let's see. Uh, this was um, episode 220. Nope, that's not right. Episode 239. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking at my list here. It was uh, aired on January the 6th. The price of Bitcoin at that time was $4,022. And this is where we put on our prognostication hats. It's a good word. I love that word. It's the best word. Biggest word. All the words don't have anything on that word. <laughs> you have all the best words. <laughs> um, and But I, this was almost like, I only cut out cello. I wanted, I wanted to give cello a chance like us to go back and listen to what he said on January 6th about what this year is going to be. We're going to talk about it after that, right? Cello. Um, I, I think my uh, my negative views will extend through the year, I think. <laughs> curmudgeon, curmudgeon all year. You're ready for yeah. it. I mean, look, I, I show up to the podcast because obviously I believe in more than just money. But I think the people, the narrative is like, oh, well, the next wave of cryptocurrency isn't going to come from price. It's going to come from content creators who are being demonetized and deplatformed. So it's just going to appeal to extremists and anyone who could benefit from uncensorable money. So we're, I think we're just going to attack like one party at a time instead of mass adoption. Uh, you still have Ripple out there. People saying it's a scam. Some people it's not government still oppressive uh coinbase is still going to be the crypto benefactor um listen to omar he, he's probably one of the one percent of journalisms who don't have money to uh, people in, in his pocket so hopefully the journalism continues uh the price i think will be 
not much better than it is now. I say just strap in. I, I think it's good because if you're still in the crypto, like like Matt, you're still here. You you bought in during like you didn't even tell me you lost money because you told me you bought in at that specific time period. I knew, but the fact that you're still here and if you continue to be here, that's great. So um, I encourage people to stay in the space. Um, I agree with Corey, where I think that this is the ground floor of the next big thing. I'm just frustrated that it's taking so long. And not not in terms of oh it took forty years for the internet like things take time, um, it, it's a very uh, fickle community. It's very hot and cold, and it's based on uh, cyclical patterns of the market, and not you know people's individual interests where they're buying into technology or doing their due diligence and and reading the white paper. Uh, everything is surface level right now, and that's where my frustration comes from. So um, it'll be a, 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 a I don't know. Not a, an exciting, sexy year, but I think it'll be a necessary year. So we have a great year in 2020. Sexy like a Prince song or sexy like uh, Celine Dion in the late night? <laughs> Thank you for cutting that off. <laughs> <laughs> so he fucking nails it. Cello nails it. Yeah, he literally hit the nail. He nailed the entire year. Yeah, back he in fucking January. nails it. And I wouldn't say we were skeptical when he said it. I was like, Oh, those are all reasonable things to say, but like it's been, it's been, it's been a year. It's been a lot of hard work. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Like it's like, everyone's been hard at work. The price hasn't done much. A lot of the like hype is gone. We've seen projects drop off. Uh, We've seen a lot of centralization. We've seen like that. We've seen like Matt, like, there's been some projects that come into production and grown drastically, but in the realm of finance, we already have. And so there's nothing yeah. really new. And like a lot of what he says is just fucking spot on. One of the things I'm impressed with is him calling out the demonetization of a lot of uh, content creators due to the fact that they're making paper thin content. And then on top of that, calling out one of the content creators that is not making paper thin content at the sa- in the same breath, which is Omar from Crypto's News. And if you don't listen to that guy, then... Uh, Omar Bam, well, you're Crypt fucking, Zero. Yeah, Crypt Zero. Crypt, he's, uh, I mean, he makes good stuff. And uh, if you're not listening to him, you're doing it wrong. You're doing everything wrong. Um, but that was a hell of a prediction. Um because that's exactly how the year's gone. It's just been a very, <laughs> it's been a marathon of a year. We've had some price swings, and in one of my clips, uh, it was from where the price was high, um, and we've had of obviously the price back then in January was four thousand something, and now it's only seven thousand something. So I mean, th- th- that's actually quite a significant swing if you like, think. If I'm looking at the prices of all the clips we have, they go from let's see, four thousand, and that was um, the like one we just listened to. So like during that episode, that the, the Bitcoin was at four thousand, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the beginning of the year, and that was yeah, that was the drop, the massive drop after all the shenanigans. Because if we go back a few months earlier. On the first one, where you asked uh, Yang if he's racist, that like Bitcoin is already at six thousand six hundred seventy, right? Mm-hmm. So just from August to January, we have thirty percent drop. 
more than that. I don't do I don't do numbers right now. I'm a little drunk. And then let's see, let's do. I'm not even gonna try. Uh, let's let's do another episode here. Let's what we got. You want to do one of yours? Yeah, let's do another clip. Uh, let's do let's do a clip. Uh, hold on, let me where do we put them? I put them there. Hold or just just see. say the episode number and I'll I'll play it. So, oh, episode 289. This was like last week. Oh, it was last week. All right, we're doing that one. Okay. Yeah, still very pertinent. So this you is like still last love week. This. Yeah. You love yourself on this one. No, this is the guest. I think it's more of the guest than me. This was actually really good because it pointed out a lot of stuff that um, we could be doing better. And the dark side of what we have done that's good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this was episode 289 aired like, I don't know, a week or two ago. This is Jamie Bartlett. Um, price of Bitcoin at this point was 7,425. So here we go. So Corey, I'll be shelving my idea for two coin. Just you know that. <laughs> Publicly. That's the whole, but... that's the whole plan of this was to get you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you say that man but let me tell you dude there's already people out there that are doing very similar things oh, I've, I've evaluated I've been evaluating scams for a while and, and speaking out whenever I see them but like it's one of those situations where I spend like I don't want to spend my day looking at fraudulent things it's very draining on, on, on the soul and, and there's so no who's going to do it product. who else I, is going to do it Corey yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, Ken that's Bozak is going to do it. Ken Bozak is definitely one of those people that's going to do it. But the problem is, I just some people aren't I mean, capable so- of differentiating the different differentiating between a scam and incompetence. Yes. Yeah. I this think is, that's um, really important. I mean, Sorry, it's kind dude, of it's, it's something that I've talked to with Corey, and I mention it in our community often. As I'm like, at some point with cryptocurrency, there's got to be a model where the incentive to just contribute to the working things is greater than the incentive to say, you know what, <laughs> Bitcoin 2.0, or you know what, this is Ethereum, but green. It's not purple like you guys like. This is a green Ethereum. Well, I think that already exists, right? It's Ethereum Classic, but shit. I don't want to know. <laughs> what I'm saying is, and I, I never really can articulate the how, I just can articulate the what needs to happen. And that's the difficult thing right now. Um, I guess there's a question here somewhere. I mean, the question has nothing to do with that statement. The question is like, you you were you're doing so much research on this topic. What was like the type of person that you saw that was susceptible to this scheme? And is it something that's just totally random, or is it like a specific characteristic that like, yeah, you're definitely someone that could fall for? this kind of scheme well it depends where in the pyramid we're talking and in in the one coin pyramid you had about i would say around a million people mm. so a lot of the people towards the top were kind of world-class multi-level marketers that had spent previous years selling the vitamins and the tupperware and the health supplements and all the rest of it and then switched to one coin they realized so much money was to be made on, on their commission and their pyramid downline commission if they switched from the Tupperware to the cryptocurrency. And they didn't really understand the currency at all. They really didn't, but they understood selling to people and they could talk. I'll tell you one thing. 
One of the only things in the world more complicated than blockchain technology is multi-level marketing compensation structure plans. They're incredibly interesting. And there's a, it's a whole other universe that most people don't know. But then the lower down you go, what you've got to remember is that this started spreading through friends and family. This was word of mouth. This was someone in the local church or the local mosque saying to everyone, hey, I've heard about the next Bitcoin. Who wants to get rich? And that is I don't think you can nail down a particular type of person. Because everyone's interested in that. Everyone has a fear of missing out on the next big thing. And I was often asked, how could anybody believe that you could make such returns on one coin? Because they were offering, you know, you'd make your money back a hundredfold. And the obvious answer is, well, it happened with Bitcoin. So it didn't seem improbable to those people who didn't understand the technology that well. Not one person who really understood Bitcoin would have invested in it. Hmm. Boom. So a few things here. I want to start with the uh, obvious. Every single time you want to talk. Mm. Huh? What? So you do. You, so you do. You go. Mm. Do I grunt like that? Every single time. That's literally my cue personally to not talk anymore. Dude, I'm moved by what someone says. And when I'm moved, I make an audible <laughs> no, no, no. grunt. You just say, uh. And then you start talking. And so I whenever I just I li I literally wait for you to make the uh sound. And now anyone who's listening to this episode is gonna listen for that because they're gonna be like, okay, there goes the uh. He's gonna talk next. And As, it's my uh it's my tell, damn it. I have a tell. Well no, man, that's when I'm moved, I make an audible grunt. And that's what it is. I really enjoyed that interview. <laughs> and he fucking he nails it. I mean He does, dude. It, it it sucks because we're still not at the point that there's more not more incentive to just work on and build upon the protocols that exist to make them better and and you know what like looking back on it now are we ever at that point i mean like the internet there's protocols now that exist that are probably better than what we use regularly i'll give you an example of that um ip version six yeah. Is 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 heaps better? That's an Australian term. Heaps better than IP version four. The almost heaps better. Heaps better. Almost there the entire go. internet works on IP version four. We're running out of names, right? We're literally running out of the namespace involved with IP version four. Yet we keep using it because, like as as Andreas and Uppler says, it's ossified. Like everything depends on it so much that we can't replace it. And, but, but right now, like coming to what you just said, there isn't something that exists right now in the cryptocurrency world that's so ossified that it can't be replaced. Mm. We're getting See, close. That, that kind of hits close to my, my home for me as a professional. So what I do is, is, is my, my, my Bruce Wayne gig is, is consulting, business consulting. And I swear to you, after doing this for as long as I've done it, I honestly think that are you look what are you looking at in the video? You're looking after doing this for as long as I've done it, I honestly feel like all of consulting is saying 
in three million different versions of stop being a bitch and do something different. And like that's and I hope some of my clients are listening to this right now and you see me or talk to me in the next coming weeks and you understand that that's literally uh, if you're going to grow and you're going to improve or you're going to change, you got to stop being a bitch and you've got to do something different. And I don't mean bitch like in as, as like the rapper conventional. I'm not referring to women. I'm just referring to weak uh, people weak people like you've got to be you have to be you have to understand that there's going to be pros and there's going to be cons but the reason you put so much energy into building something better or coming up with a better plan is because at the end of the day it is better and it's not just different and you just gotta do it and that's that's kind of like where i'm at with crypto especially the Bitcoin community, like the Bitcoin community is the worst offender. Like this one megabyte block size is fucking dumb. Like it's, 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 I think it's, I think it's fucking dumb, man. I think we can go up a little bit. We can go up gradually at a very bare minimum. We can have a roadmap that is concurrent with the current trajectory of the, the increase in bandwidth on average and increase in hard drive space on average, to increase the one megabyte block size so that we decrease the fees and get closer and closer to something that is easier to use or or, or um, at least cost effective for more people. That's where the Bitcoin Cash community has it right. The Bitcoin Cash community has it wrong because they let Roger Ver talk too much. They need to tell him to <laughs> shut they need to tell him to shut the fuck up. Like he doesn't know what he's talking about. He posts graphs that don't make any mathematical sense. And quite frankly, he looks like someone I'd like to punch. But he does know Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, he would destroy you. So, so I don't know. I feel like I'd at least get a couple nope. good blows. Nope, you'd be destroyed. He's a black belt. You'd be destroyed. I don't, I'm a puncher, Corey. I don't. I don't give a I, shit. You'd I, be destroyed. I punch. You'd be, you'd and be destroyed. I, Roger Ver would been, kick the shit out of. Probably ninety nine percent of people in crypto. Do you know how many martial arts I know, bro? Ryu, Blanca, Zangief. <laughs> do you Hang know? Up. Do you know the combos <laughs> that are in my head? You know how many combos I know, bro? I know ten hit combos from Tekken. All right, Paul, Brian Fury. It's all coming. Hayashi. All right, it's all coming back to me now. We're moving on. Calderon. We're moving on. I'm gonna play. Um, let's see. Guile. What did we play last? What did we play last? We played yours. We're playing mine next. Let's see. We're gonna go I with made, Corey Doctoro. I made a human cry with Guile one time. I don't give a shit. My life. We're gonna go with episode two hundred and seventy nine. <laughs> this was oh, uh, released. This is this is re- relatively recent, and the other one is the other one I have is even more recent than this, and it's just a small clip that I think is hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. released on October 17th the price of Bitcoin uh, was 8065 so word on to Cello, Cello for being spot on with the price of things going on throughout the year well and, wait uh, man pause. we gotta put that in, rel- in relation because when you said that when the Cello when you played the first Cello clip the price is 4000 something if the price is 8000 something that's 100% Increase. Yeah, that is a double. Almost. That is a that is a two so, X increase, isn't it? 
so what we need yeah, to but say right, right before that, think about it, right before that, it was seventeen thousand dollars. I I get that, but no, I'm no, saying no. if you it take was nineteen thousand, it was almost twenty thousand dollars last year. The year before that, it hit over it hit over twenty on some exchanges. The thing, what I'm saying is, I think twenty one eighty five is as high as it got. But what I'm what I'm saying is like, uh, in the context of a year, um, that is an astronomical gain. If you put in yeah. ten thousand dollars and you come out with twenty, that's great. But for for the sake of crypto and what we've known for the better majority of this decade now, which is crazy that crypto is a decade old, is that um, from four thousand to eight thousand is not a big gain because that's we've true. had years. That's, that's, yeah. that's an important thing to realize. Like, and, and something that I've almost like, grown a callus to is that like, if, if things aren't moving in the hundreds of percentages, I don't care. And we have to change that moving forward. Well, no, no, no. Simply- that's, it's going to change. We don't have to change it. It eventually will change. We're not there yet. We're still so early that we're in the pink sheets. There is no Fortune 500. There is no NASDAQ or whatever of the cryptocurrency communities. We're all pink sheets. Pretty much, man. Pretty much. Even Bitcoin. Bitcoin's a pink sheet. But it's, it's, it's leading the way in terms of becoming that first, quote unquote, stable thing. And so this episode... Uh, Corey Doctorow. I'm gonna play it here, and I think this is a this 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 casts a good view of who people were when the early internet was, and how they reacted to things, which you could draw analogies from into how we are today. We're fucking bait. The crazy. internet interprets censorship and routes around it. That's a that's a thing that people used to say all the time. And some people think that what John meant by that was that our technical systems are so robust that if you try to censor the internet, it will backfire on you because the technology will get around it. But it wasn't. It wasn't a technical statement at all. He was talking in the days of Usenet, right? He was talking where in the days in which what amounted to like yeoman smallholders would run individual <laughs> computers that they would connect one to the other to build the internet and where they labored with every hour God sent to keep this janky, weird internet all running where every day, all day long, things were breaking down and they were getting up in the middle of the night to fix them, getting on conference calls, helping one another, throwing source code back and forth at one another, brainstorming solutions to gnarly networking problems using this primitive electronic equipment. And so when he said the internet interprets censorship as damage and routes around it, he meant we, the guardians of the internet, who built it and who nurse it along because we believe in it and its mission, already know what to do when there is damage. Because the damage occurs all the time because our system is frail and brittle and fragile and important enough to us that we work all the time to solve that damage. And when someone censors our internet, this internet that we have built and maintained with our hands, we ourselves, because we believe in the ethic of this internet, we will treat that censorship as damage and we will route around it using the techniques that we have developed and the norms that we have developed around it. So John was being normative. 
So when we talk about how you make a robust system and the incentives that matter, there is no substitute for the intrinsic motivation of people who believe in the cause. You know, the technology is important, right? If they didn't, if they hadn't figured out the technology, it all wouldn't have worked. But no amount of technology in the world can motivate people to do what those people did. And no amount of money would have done it either, right? They did it because they believed in their cause. How fucking awesome is that? That's a really awesome clip, man. How long did it take you to find that one? That's what I don't know. I don't. Oh, you uh, knew you wanted to get Corey Doctorow. Uh, I knew there was a part of that interview that I wanted to to get a part of, and I, as, as I listened to it, looking for something else. That the clip that I'll, um, my clip, whatever, whenever we play my next clip, my last clip. When I was looking for that one, I found this, and I was like, "Well, I gotta play this," and it it really gives a wonderful perspective of the human element of what's going on right now and the and like the ideals that push us yeah man and how like something that is and because like what he's talking about in terms of how the internet operated who maintained it how it was built back then to what it is now is not the same thing so something happened right because Anyone who builds on in, in the blockchain ecosystem can relate to all of the things he was just saying with how we feel about our ideals. When something happens, we treat it as damage and we route around it because we understand how things work and we're not going to put up with that. The internet felt that way at one point and became what it is today, which is what most blockchain technology is trying to defeat because it's no longer the ideals of the blockchain space don't appeal to the ideals of how the internet works. But funny enough, the ideals of the blockchain space are very, very, very close to what the ideals of the early, early internet were. Yeah. How do we not fuck that up as we try to do the same thing that the internet did? There's one nuanced difference between that and between this is that the internet was dealing in information and in data that didn't have as much value. We haven't evolved, uh, I guess, to the point where we are now where we know now that certain data is expensive. Expensive to hold, expensive to move. And now we also know now that the data that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are moving isn't just information it's literally value that data is value so there's the nuance there and that yeah we're learning these techniques um and we're we're very very there's a lot of people that are very emotionally invested into blockchain technology um damn near spiritually invested into blockchain technology and um the, the slight difference there is it's not just tech. It's also value. Um, and we just I don't I don't think humanity has ever juggled with anything like this before. Um, maybe they have. And maybe we just, you know, I know every it seems like every other month we ask to get a historian on the show. And we never really go after it. But well, audience, if you know a historian that would like to come on the show. Send them our way. We'll yeah. bring them on. <laughs> um, 
you know, maybe ha- humanity has tackled with technology this disruptive before. We just, you know, we're just not, we're just ignorant to that. I think um, that's why I like that clip, though, because it, the, if you replace the word internet, it's like Bitcoin or like Ethereum or Web3 and what he's talking about, it's the same fucking story. Yeah, it's the same exact story, which is kind of creepy. But too, because but we know we, irony, we lived through that story. Yeah, we've lived through that story. The irony of it is, like, the thing that set out to solve those problems turned into the problem that we're trying to solve, which is the same story. <laughs> that's 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 what I'm trying to get at, right? Like, yeah, he's telling a story about the internet. Web three, the ideals that are trying to be pushed are trying to solve the problems of the internet. And the stories of their their origin stories are the fucking same. Yeah. And that's kind of creepy. That's something you should really think about. How like and so one, we need to figure out we need to understand the story of how the internet turned into the problem. How those ideals somehow got lost, somehow were abandoned, to the point where it became the thing that it is today. Yeah. And two, like, how are we not going to do the same thing? Well, the I can kind of see the root of the problem a little bit. Maybe it's just because the drink, that the liquors, the spirits are speaking to me. But it's the problem in and around routing around is that eventually you run out of space and you're going to have to figure out the quickest route to A to B. And the quickest route to A to B is uh, the core of the problem is censorship, which is something that technology doesn't fix. And that's what he talked about in that sound clip. Technology doesn't fix censorship and technology doesn't fix human traits. And if you give one human a hammer, they'll make a house. You give another human a hammer and he might just beat somebody over the head with it. Like, technology doesn't fix humans. It changes how they behave. But it doesn't doesn't fix those things. And that's that's the unfortunate reality is that if we use crypto, if we route around problems with crypto, then those routes easily become last boss level middlemen. Like, oh, I need to route around that problem. Oh, okay. Well, that route, to take that route, you got to pay the troll toll to get into that route. Oh, that doesn't doesn't work out as well. I know. I wanted to say, (laughs) I I wanted to go with it, but I also didn't at the same time. (laughs) But uh, you know what I mean? Like, if you route around problems with dealing with data that is value, you run into creating some very, very, very unsurmountable middlemen. Here's um, Here's the solution which I think is the only reason why any of us exist. Like, you're right. If you do one thing, people will take advantage of it. The key, mm-hmm. that, like the, the underlying key, and we'll get back to more, more clips of shows to all this, but like, and I think I've been, I've been espousing this for the entire year. The whole key to all of this is fucking options. Yeah. There isn't one way to do something. There's multiple ways to do things. And you should be able to choose the ways which are appropriate for the type of communication you're doing. 
That's that's all yeah. we're trying. I think, in my opinion, that's where the future is going. We're no longer trying to fit all of human relationships and communication into one type of internet. We're doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. We're trying to make multiple types of internet that fit to the myriad of human communication and using the appropriate one for whatever we're trying to do. Unfortunately, what we saw in the past couple of years of, of, of blockchain was us figuring out what is even possible in this space. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've, we've met a lot of dead ends. We've scratched the surface on some stuff. Yeah. Like CryptoKitties is really unique. I, I still think that art is breedable, but fuck me. Am I right? <laughs> um, and then we have uh, some other things. But when it gets down to just strictly fucking options, like you're talking about, one of my favorite options is like Saturday afternoon, the sun's coming through the blinds just right, doggy style, bro. That's the best fucking option for a Saturday. Don't sigh. You know I'm right. Don't you sigh into that microphone. You're the one that put the phrase together. What do, you mean, put the, what do you mean put the phrase together? Give me a fuck. You said you said fucking options and who's not gonna think about doggy style whenever So if you didn't know, I I I, I record this <laughs> podcast with a twelve year old and um he's forever twelve. He'll never not be twelve. I'll be I'll be thirteen one day. <laughs> so next episode, uh we're gonna go with yours because I wanna I wanna play mine last because it's hilarious. Well, at least, at least to me it's hilarious. Um, uh, this episode was 269. Two nine. What? I, I said 269, episode 269. Oh, sorry, I got a, a sound on my computer that made a weird noise. Uh, this was aired August 12th. The price of Bitcoin at this time, 11,925. 11, so we've just saying we've basically just been saying arbitrary numbers between four thousand and twelve thousand dollars over the past one year for a yeah, which is a three x dude, right? For a single asset, we're not even talking. We, we haven't wanted. we haven't talked about any of the other cryptocurrencies in the space and their ridiculous loss and gains over the last year. Only Bitcoin, which is which is the most quote-unquote stable of all of them so <laughs> hashtag not investment advice keep that in mind in terms of volatility the most stable asset has gone from four thousand to almost twelve thousand in one year and back and forth mm -hmm. and so on and so forth within years past so that's that's quote-unquote stable yeah. for us Dude. Imagine making this your circle of competency like now, like if you make crypto and digital assets your circle of competency, you become a very valuable human being and there is nothing or more valuable. you're just a crazy motherfucker who plays with, play, plays with fire. Yeah, but we all saw how powerful Pyro was on the X-Men. So. All right, so here's the, here's the clip. This clip has nothing to do with price, though. It's actually... A, Shut you know, up! <laughs> Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Before we hop into the Bitcoin Podcast, as regularly programmed, um, I wanted to take the time to uh, give special recognition to Cello. Uh, we've decided to part ways 
um, because there's been disagreements for a very long time about the direction of the Bitcoin podcast network and how we grow and how we continue to provide this content to you guys that listen week in and week out and get better at it. And um, what mostly what I want to do is say, Cello, we we thank you very much for everything that you've done. There's no way, no way in hell we'd be even remotely as close to where we are now without your skills, man, without your help and without your foresight and everything you've done for the show. Um, you're, you're always a friend to the podcast network and we hope that you continue to hang around and uh, hang out with all of everyone in the slack and chime in from time to time. Uh, but we just want to thank you for everything that you've done and we wouldn't be here without you. So, uh, I wanted to give that very special recognition to my close friend and been my partner for a very long time. And, um, to, to not be that sad, uh, we're going to dive right into the show now. All right. Here it is. Yep. So obviously that was a huge moment in our year. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's it's, no, it's one of those. There's no know, way man. around that. It's strange to think about, and it's it's, it's it, we were having the conversation before we had this episode of like, hey, why don't we bring Cello back on sometime to like hang out with us because we miss him. Like I I played an app, I played a, a spot for him. It was really good. He fucking nailed what this year was like. We miss having yeah. him here, but like. It didn't work out right like it's just one of those situations yeah. of like the way we operated didn't work out together so here we are yeah it's one of those things uh, for those of you that haven't been listening past this year you know cello and i have known each other since we were about seven years old so it was tough for that to break off i wish i could say we were still friends but we're not but that's one of the lessons of like um building a project uh, with people you care about is that if you don't, this is just a lesson to use listening. Use, use guys. Use, or, use guys. Or, are, you, are you sure you're good. Texan? <laughs> use, I've traveled a lot. Do you know you what they say? Yuns? Yuns? Oh, no, I've, I've heard it. Yuns. Dude, that shit. I just want to stop every conversation and they're like, well, Yuns over there. And I'm like, that's not a fucking, that's nothing. <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't get to talk anymore. Yeah, that's not a word. That's not anything. That's not even a reference. That's just you're making shit up. But um, yeah, for for you guys wanting to go into content creation and hell, even making content uh, that could be um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Distributed by the Bitcoin Podcast Network. That's another word I'm looking for. Syndicated sure. by the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Um, if you go into making that content with someone that you do or don't know, have mutual expectations. Um, and foresight done ahead of time to where you get to a point where money is being made um, because that changes everything. And it's one of those things you hear a lot, you know, about like money changes things and blah, blah, blah. But it does. And you've got to have as much of that planned out ahead of time so that when money does come into the picture, everybody's on the same page. And what I can say is that we didn't we just wanted to make cool content about something we were passionate about and we lacked the foresight. And, whoa, what if this gets popular? And 
money starts coming into the space and it's, it's very ironic because it's literally a space about money, money and value <laughs> and we didn't have the foresight for that so um when that started happening of course not everyone's on the same page and uh it leads it led to what happened um but that all being said um for however long we've done this it was fun as fuck almost the whole time <laughs> until it came down to those conversations yeah that's so, it that's true They're like i don't know like looking back at it like it's one of those situations where like if you look at how how we've built this thing right and this is something that we've tried to espouse i think the entire time we've made this podcast is if you're interested in a concept the number one thing to do is just go do it like we started this podcast literally not knowing how to do anything like yeah, there's not a, there wasn't a single thing in terms of the process of making a podcast that any of us understood but we threw it together we started out in a Facebook group. We grew it. It became, you know, a process. Then it started getting. We started getting good at it because we understood the, the the space. And then, like, we started making money. And then it became a business. And then we had to figure out that stuff. So like, we had to, we had like the whole process grew into what it is today, which I would consider a a, a glowing success. From us saying, "Hey." Let's just go do something. Yikes. Everyone should just go do something. <laughs> right? Like that's what I mean. Like I want yeah. people, I want people to go do stuff. Like, yeah, you'll 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 test relationships. That's fine. It's good. How many times have we cursed each other out? It's gotta be at least a dozen or two. Probably. I but like know. we're never gonna be we're never gonna like you're pretty much a brother to me at this point. I'm typically getting cursed out the most. I know that, but that's <laughs> that's very justified. So, so I, um, I I think people should just go do stuff, and then I would say a good portion of those things you go try and do aren't going to work, but nope. but 100%. a few but a few of them will. This worked out for us, and other people should try and go do something similar. Like, who cares if you know how to do it? Just go do it. Uh, I think we have. Let's see. I got, I got one more, which actually kind of plays into this quite nicely, actually. Um, people don't know everything. Nope. Clearly, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I think I think people like listening to us because we're real. Like we 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 we're we're, we're knowledgeable, right? But we're also like very comfortable with saying we're wrong. We're real people. We have fun. We interview interesting people, mm -hmm. but we do it in a way that's not like sold. That's a, I think that's a, a large play for who our audience is and upcoming media talent is authenticity. We've been authentic our entire lifestyle. I got to play this. I got to play this. This is uh, 284. This was um, a couple weeks ago. Oh, this is recent. Yeah, this is, this is aired November twenty fifth. The price of Bitcoin at the time was six thousand nine hundred and sixty two. It was the interview with Unlock Protocol, and uh, let's see if I can find this episode. Uh, here we go. Uh, 
So, um, what else do we fucking do? We listen. <laughs> I listened to Careless Whisper about twenty times this week. Who? Dude, we talked about Careless Whisper last week. George Michaels. Oh, never gonna yeah? dance again. That? I can't get out of it because I've been watching a show called Watchmen on HBO, which Guilty I don't quite understand. Feet have got no rhythm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> did you fucking... Why did you think it was Guilty Feet? I still <laughs> hear Guilty Feet, bro. I still hear it to this oh, day. I that, can't... I told Aaron about that, because my wife, it, and she just lost her shit. Because it makes sense, bro. You're guilty of the, the things that you did wrong in the relationship that's not over, so you can't even dance anymore. And relationships are a dance. A really good dance. So that's why I thought that. It made sense in my head for all those years. Anyways, Watchmen has like an acoustic version of it in one of his recent episodes. And I was like, oh, now I got to go listen to it over and over and over again. Um, what else do we do? Uh, we got a store, shop.thebitcoinpodcast.com. Uh, it's store. Uh, it's you store, get, the Bitcoin podcast. It is store. It is store. That's, uh, that's a big mess up on my part. Okay, so. We yeah. are wrong. <laughs> That was the main point I want to get across from this app, from, from, from that clip, is we can project the concept of being right about something, and we will be wrong. I was fucking right, Corey. You're right. It is, it guilty, is guilty feet. feet. It's guilty feet, and I, and I still, I fucking still am upset. <laughs> I'm still upset about the fact that it's guilty feet, because I was, like, I was so convinced that that was absurd. That was an absurd yeah. translation of I what the you. lyrics were. And I was like, who the fuck do you think you are saying guilty feet? You're dumb. And like, let's, let's like look at this in the Aha. perspective of crypto right now. Like that, like that mentality and the arrogance to say I'm mm-hmm. right is exactly what is the problem, what's going on in this fucking space right now. Exactly. Because it needs to, you were right. Dude. You were fucking right. And I and I made you and I made you feel like shit. I made you change your mind. And I was like, dude, it's, it just makes sense though, because it, a relationship is a dance. You're like, fuck you, dumb bitch. No, I'm kidding. But you know what I mean? Like, like that's like I, I and there happened. There was a conversation before this, where like I couldn't find it. I spent a long time trying to find it. It may have been just like a personal conversation between me and you, where you said the words and you sang it, and I was like, and I man, I made, I literally made funny. I was like, guilty feet, dude. It was an episode. It was at the like, beginning of an episode like couldn't two months it. ago. I couldn't find it. Oh. Uh, but like... It was funny. I was like, dude, those aren't the fucking words. You're like, what do you mean those words? Guilty feet? Try these two feet. You're like, oh. And we went on a whole conversation on like, oh, these are the real words. And they wasn't fucking the real words. You were right the first time. <laughs> These two feet does still make sense it's though. Still, because it it's actually still, makes more sense. That's, than it's a way feet. better. It's a way better translation to what's going on. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Guilty feet but is a terrible, terrible it, lyric. Either way, what's very funny is I like that you brought this up because I was going to say like in order to return, to, I like that the hype is gone. I like that the price is is gone under the radar 
to a point in this very ADD society that a return to what works and what doesn't can be found a lot easier. Um, it's something that you said a lot during like the craze in 2017. It's like it's hard to even work when you can't help but not look at your wallet every 10 minutes to see Dude. at what point. So when I worked it, I have to I have to back this this concept up. You're 100 right. Um, when I worked at Booz Allen, mm-hmm. can I say this? I can say this. I don't work for them anymore. I spent a good amount of my time staring at my portfolio. Yeah, because it's hard not to. I was incredible. I was I was incredibly productive while working with that company because, in my opinion, uh, Booz Allen is not a very productive company. Ooh, burn. Ooh, burn. But like, I spent a good amount of time staring at my portfolio, trying to figure out what move do I make next. Granted, this is also during like the peak of the ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we're all just like, oh, this random thing you never heard of? It's up 16,000%. Like, you know, like it was it was stupid, right? Yeah. It was pretty dumb, dude. It was pretty dumb. But fun to live through, yeah. nevertheless. Uh, we bought a house, so that's nice. But it's it's like the the emotional like we can return to a point. That was one of the cool things about getting into Bitcoin early enough to be a part of the community where it was like very wholesome and very um, this is right because of these reasons. This is wrong because of these reasons. It was very logical, uh, very rational. Um, there was there was hints of stupidity like Dogecoin, which is surprisingly oh, still a fucking thing. I want to say this. If you've been listening to us the entire time, I don't feel like you've made a life-altering investment. Like one one has yeah, like But like if you look at if you look at the past when it was the boom, like the like the ICO boom, we were espousing selling because it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I was like I I remember saying like, "Hey, I'm I'm checking out." I'm buying. We we that's where we came up with the idea of Hodl Plus. Was like, hey, when things get out of hand, because things are yeah. kind of out of hand, you should be rebalancing and making your life better. And this entire time, we're like, well, you know, like, if you're still in the space, you've been listening to us beforehand, and you hadn't put in money you needed. You're still attached to the ideals of what we're trying to do. At no point in the fucking four and a half five years have we been doing this where i'm uncomfortable with the things that we've said during our show to the people who have been listening to us and that like i'm i'm really really proud of that me too man that's why i said earlier in this episode try to sue me bitch like you're just gonna waste (laughs) your money and then i'm gonna counter sue your ass and then we're gonna then somebody else is getting your money so it's like look uh, we say hashtag no investment advice, but shit, we're not retards. Oh shit, fuck! I can't say it. Sorry. Damn, I couldn't get past Why one episode. You, you can't say R E T A R D. Why not? Like it's bad Why because not? it's offensive these days. It's a I don't I don't care. Tough. You can't what, say it, man. Don't what, say it, bro. What's the definition of, of retarded? Well, it means not where it should be. That's 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 it what is, I'd it say. is it is. Held back from the that, average. Yeah, that's the that's the dictionary definition 
Held back from the app. Okay, so I could say this, and this would be in context. I have a hose that has 50 PSI. I don't know. If that's <laughs> Wait, fuck it. Wait, just, let's leave it. Leave it. We're, we're done here. Anyway. I was going to, what? I was going to explain the word in the context of the word so that no, I could say just, it, just uh, let it go. If, just let it go. I got okay. one more. Oh, wait, we're done. We're done with we're done with clips. That's all the clips we had. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's been a fuck of a year, man. It's been we well, had, personally it, for me, and it's been a yeah, it's lot. Been a year. Like we've all like I've had the same job. Tell the time. audience your news, like personally about what news. I got news. I got what, I, what I news? a baby. Fuck yeah, that news. We talking about a little Poco Petty coming not, next year, bro. Did I not talk about that earlier? Like, yeah, I'm having a baby. We, like, I'm gonna be. We never talked about Petty. that on the show. I'm gonna have a little me running around. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl. We're not gonna find out. That's gonna be cool. Um, nothing else really changes. I'm gonna keep working for Status. We're gonna keep making this podcast. Yeah, uh, that's about it. Like, I might move. Yeah. Who knows? I might move. Yeah, that's up in the air. I'm definitely moving, like within the month. So that'll be neat. Uh, let's see. Um, I had a roller coaster of year personally. I like. Uh, you did, man. Um, I started to like for some weird, not weird reason. I gained a bunch of weight two years ago, so I'm losing that again, which has been a fun ride again, just as fun as it was the first time. Um. But this time different because your body changes, I guess. So like the first time I did it, I had to run a lot and to the to the point where I was running like eight miles a day, which was very I don't know how I did that, but I was also in my twenties. Um, but now I like lift a lot of weights, so that's another story for another time. I guess me and Jesse talk about that more. Um of course, cello and I aren't friends too much anymore. Uh had a girl go south on me but that happens all the time though i'm like racking them up on that but also my career is going in a great direction and i like that so I'm like, i could personally say i am a good business consultant if you have a business and it's not doing as well as you'd like i will come in i'll get all up in your quickbooks shit and figure out exactly how you should probably be making more money if you did A, B, and C. You know, I was thinking about this, right? Like, this past year, you've found out that you're a very good business consultant. Like, you're, like yeah, I would say you're confident. Dope. You can just walk into it. You can walk into a company, learn about their books, and say, all right, this is how you can make more money. Yeah. Yeah, I could probably do that with any... Any any company. Yeah, any yep. company, yeah. I am comfortable reviewing most companies and saying, okay, this is how you, you can make your security better, your cryptography better. This is how you can, or like I can offer services in terms of like wallet recovery. Oh, fuck, I lost my wallet. I don't remember my password, so on and so forth. I can get that back. You literally helped me do that like last week. I did. <laughs> how many people have these skills that never solicit them. Right? Like, uh, I'd say thousands. You know what I mean? Like, I could, yeah. I could literally, I, I, I would bet I could run my own personal business off solely wallet recovery alone. Let's throw away everything else I know. 
Yeah, I mean, you'd have to like, uh, you'd need volume. Well, depending upon the price that you set it at, but that price is, I mean, we could find the price there. That's not hard to do. Um, yeah, you could, um, you definitely could. Like, it's, it's very viable. But like, there are so many people. So uh, that's what I'm trying. I get. I guess the idea that I'm trying to get at is that um, if you take the entire cryptocurrency community, and you look at yeah. the like a good portion of them, uh, <laughs> throw me. throw away investors, people who are just throwing money into it, hoping things work out, right? And you look at all the people who are building things in this space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Their intuition is good enough to have a home business where they provide a service to people. Yes, yes. So that says, that says two things. One, everybody that's in this space now is incredibly multidisciplinary. They understand what could be the foundation of our internet incredibly well and broad which is rare right think about renaissance men so renaissance men were defined as they understood a bunch of shit across the board mm-hmm. like and then like where, where do we go from here two we're still so early that that's all we have because yeah. it's still ca- you're still capable of understanding almost everything I think that well, necessarily really- puts us at this point of like so, 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 so early that nothing's really going to work or take off. Yeah. So there's a lot of like well, room for you can jump in and learn everything. But. So let's start collecting some soft data this next year, just me and you personally. And this is for the people listening to know that we're doing it. Let's you, You're deep into the crypto community. Let's see. Let's try and get a good guesstimation about how many people that is actively involved. And then let's take 1% of that and let's cut that in half. And let's say 0.5% of those people are going to actually have an idea that works. And they're going to actually funnel customers in that are willing to pay money day in and day out for an idea they have that works. Because if we are retelling the same story of the Internet, there's really like 10 companies that took advantage of the Internet. There's Amazon, Netflix, Facebook. Like there's not a lot of them. That's what we're Facebook. trying to stop. We're trying to stop that. That's yes, literally the whole trying. goal of what we're trying to do is that everyone had an idea. It somehow coalesced into five companies. Why? Because of the way things work. The that goal of what everything we're doing is to change the way things work so that it doesn't coalesce to five people. It coalesces to millions so what you're talking about in essence is like well the reason whole reason we got excited about the space to begin with is a new epoch because the way we do things now we like to coalesce things into these big buckets because it's easy to look at one book big bucket and not easy to look at thirty thousand small containers um so we're gonna have to change that fundamentally i don't know how we do or we don't 
We've been talking about that for five years. I hope right. one day we're, someone next year's not going to be cha- next year's not going to change much. <laughs> we're going to keep talking about it. Like we're still going to try and be <laughs> figuring out that question over the next year. I, I hope a lightning bolt strikes. Hey, and here we go. Sudden- uh, it's it's January fourth. I played a clip in January sixth where we tried to prognosticate what this year's going to look like. All right, fuck me and you. What does this year look like for four? What does this year look cryptocurrency? Like? Uh, one to two dApps are going to um, take off. And by take off, I mean not in the flappy bird sense where all of a sudden three million people are tapping on their phone screens for no fucking reason at all. I'd say at least 30,000 people, a good small to medium-sized city. Uh, that's a small city. That's a very small a good city. Small, a small city's amount of people find a reason to use a decentralized application um, that is beautiful and fluid and um, very user centered in how it um, works. Uh, not, not not clunky, not you don't need a fucking computer science degree to operate it. You put it on your phone or I don't know, we find a loophole around phones because clearly the Google Play and the Apple pl- Apple App Store uh, are flexing their centralized nuts right now on the world. Uh, maybe we find a different way, but some decentralized application that sneaks through the cracks and people start using it that um, had no reason to use it before. I think the price is going to we'll we'll go over 10k for about three months out of the year on Bitcoin. Um, going into 2022, Ethereum is going to start to really go grow in price. So I hope the Ethereum community is ready for that i don't think they are but the demand for ethereum is going to grow quite significantly and as these uh so-called difficulty bombs go off it's gonna have the net effect of a price increase wait um wait what what am i waiting on i gotta i gotta fix this one what do you think the difficulty bomb is uh okay i'm gonna use a d analogy (laughs) (laughs) Can I, hold on. Can we like? Can you like talk for a bit while I go get some more alcohol because I'm at alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Do that. Do that. Yeah. That, All right. Entertain. Bam, 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 bam. That was elevator music brought to you by Corey. This is very shitty. He's left to go get a drink. Um, the way I look at it is like this: If Ethereum is digital oil, it's taken us a very long time as humans to tap into the energy. The potential energy that existed in fossil fuels, which was oil. So I do believe that in most of Ethereum's existence, there was this uncapped creation of new ether. Um, and all of a sudden, as we start to drop these difficulty bombs, there is a cap on the new creation of ether. Um, now, I think that's subtly wrong because we're not in essence, de- decreasing the amount of EV that comes in, like the, how fast it moves. So, Corey, are you back? No, he's back. Yeah, he's back. Hold on. I think I might have to start over audience. Yeah. All right. You're back. All right. So, this is where I started, Corey. I was going to say if the analogy is that Ether is digital oil, which is something that I've espoused for many, many years now, um, I would say that. Uh, just similar, very, very akin to oil. Um, 
uh, it took a very long time for humanity to tap into all that potential energy. And then out of the blue, once we found fossil fuel, we found petroleum, we found oil. We were like, oh, shit, we can do all this cool shit with it. Like we can make other shit. We can filter it out and cook it a little bit and we get some other kind of fuel. Like we can do all kinds of shit with this. This is fucking bananas all off of the backs of dead dinosaurs. This shit is fucking crazy. We got all this crazy ass energy. So if ether is digital oil, I'm just proposing that maybe this entire time has existed. Um, we've been building it up. And then we're moving into a new stage of ether where we're kind of, I guess we're capping it, but not capping it, but slower, s- s- slow, reducing the introduction of it so that it does have the effect of a quote unquote fossil fuel. And then out of the blue, we figure out, oh, there's only so much ether to program on top of all of the sudden it becomes a lot more valuable than when it was when we thought it was just coming in all willy nilly. You know, it's possible that's true or like, I mean, it's a prognostication is, I mean, it is a prognostication. Like we've all just been like, but it's funny that we've been calling it oil for so long. I mean, that's just and the it way takes I think a long it. time that people realize that oil is 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 valuable. I mean, how long was oil existed before we found it? It's been so. Well, how long is ether? Outside gonna of be? dinosaurs, it's also been dead trees. Like, but like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's true. But my question is, how long is ether going to have existed as something that's running on the internet that's that still, people figure out? Like, here's oh. The thing. I'm not I'm not I'm still not comfortable with the idea that there is something that exists right now that this technology turns in like I'm trying to say like it, let's 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 say in, in 10 years let's just let's just picture a weird world in 10 years we have this like in a world in, in a world everyone knows what cryptocurrency is and they use it and they call it something like all this all this nonsense right <laughs> i can't do it but like you imagine this world where like oh shit all the things we've been talking about for the past fucking decade become commonplace and everyone uses them even if they don't know they're using them just like the internet today basically right yeah i'm here here's the key point that, that like if you want to understand who I am I don't know what that's called yeah. I'm not going to call it Bitcoin <laughs> I'm not going to call it Ethereum I'm not calling it anything because thing, 10 man. years from now got, is can I t- can I fucking drastic let me tell you something man I want you to can you grab your nuts while I tell you this grab them I, I have been this whole time <laughs> you gotta nut up, man, because you gotta call it something. Like no, it's you not don't. like the dude. Yes, you, you do. Don't. It's not. Like the, no, listen to me. Listen before you get all excited in your pantalones. Listen, somebody sees something that's different, and they look at it, and then they study it for a fucking while, or maybe they don't, and then they give it a fucking name, and then that's the name that it is, and then everybody else has to adapt to that. That's just the way it goes. The first motherfucker to look at a tiger and was like, you know what I'm going to call that motherfucker right there? That striped motherfucker? Yeah, what are you going to call it, Joe? I'm going to call that motherfucker a tiger. Why? I don't know. That's what the fuck I'm calling it, though. 
all right, bro. We're just gonna call it a fucking tiger. All right, let's roll with that shit. Let's see what we can do with this tiger shit. Like that's pretty <laughs> much how it goes. Like you gotta nut up and name it, and then right. once you name it, you gotta put your nut juice behind it, and you gotta <laughs> you gotta here's own the thing, it. and that's here's just the thing. what it is. I'm not confident in it. So I said those words. All right. Um, what did people call Bitcoin between before 2009? E money. Nothing, because it didn't fucking exist. Oh uh, well, digital digital money. It didn't to. exist. It got shut down. No, Bitcoin did not exist, but other forms of digital yes, currency did. Exactly. That's my point. That's down. my point. I'm. You're, okay. you're, you're telling my point. Don't call it something it isn't until it's ready to be called that. That's what I'm trying well, to say. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not nuts. willing to name it because it's not well, worth and, naming yet. In this, the year of our Lord, 2020, it probably <laughs> takes nuts and ovaries. It takes a com- takes ovaries too. It takes it takes a combination of all of men and womanness to name it, and that is what we call it, and we treat it as such. And then you get behind it. I don't think we have a name yet. I don't think we have a name yet. Well, we'll figure it out. It's not going to be called Bitcoin in 10 years. Why don't you and me figure it out? And then let's try to trick everybody else into thinking it's what it is. And let's get in history books. Uh, Wrap so, it up. <laughs> no, no, I actually had a great idea for blockchain. It's crazy. I had it yesterday. All right. And you tell me if it's possible because I know you'll shit on it immediately if it isn't. So I play video games. And I don't play a lot of them, but when I do, I just want to play them. And one thing, I don't know, Corey, when the last time you've had a console was, which has probably been a very long time, but you can't just, you can't, the no longer exists the day where you can go to the store, you can buy a game, and then you can come home and you can plug the game in and you start playing the game. That doesn't exist anymore. You've got to buy the game, then you plug it in or you put the disc in and then they're like 22 gigabytes Worth of data have to download and install before you can start playing the hey, game. You bought a DVD that has a private key on it that tells us that you deserve to be able to download this game. Exactly, right? Exactly. So, okay, I knew you'd get that part, and that's the part that I get to. So, what I'm thinking is, is like, what if using blockchain wizardry and parameters such that like unique identifiers between your PlayStation unit and the GameStop account that you have, I don't know, whatever retailer that gets their nuts in the game, and that when you actually make the purchase, another screen pops up on the point-of-sale system that says, would you like to begin the download immediately? And then you say, yes. And because your account is also linked back to your PlayStation, they can verify because the identifying information is actually stored in the PlayStation. Then by the time you get home and you put the disc in, you can just start playing the fucking game instead of having to wait two fucking hours, sometimes four, just to play the fucking game that you went to go buy. A lot of problems there. I mean, of course, there's a lot of problems. I just want to see if is, is it even remotely possible to say like, yeah, I'm at the point of sale system. I have a GameStop account. They know me. I have a PlayStation yes. that knows who I am. That, that can happen. That can happen for sure. Where are the problems, though? You're giving up everything you know about you. Like, how do you not give up? Every is this another episode? Because we've gone for a while. It's been almost two hours. Let's, let's let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. 
I thought that was a good idea, but I am also drunk right now. So, uh, <laughs> don't, don't even Thank try. You. We're not selling ourselves. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. We just wrapped a bunch of a bunch of wonderful content. We have a book. Yeah. Go find it. Bitcoinpodcast.com. <laughs> Go find the book. We're going to have a fucking great year this year. Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. Play the. Oh, wait. Shout out to Zotzi Beats. Get the fuck out of here. All Come right. on. Play.